And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Front and Nationwide is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Blue Jackets tickets tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. This isn't just for Blue Jackets tickets, though. Browns, Bengals, Reds, Indians, Crew, you name it, any Major League sport, any Major League team, Game time is your app for last-minute, highly discounted tickets. Head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is Aaron Portson with The Athletic. Allison Lukian is there. Good morning. You are listening to The Athletic's dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. The Blue Jackets had a... Oof. <laughs> they were on the wrong end of a Philly beatdown on Saturday. Although it was really a sort of a self-inflicted beating. They lose 7-2 to the Flyers. A lot of stuff flared up in that one in the process. Um, they didn't deserve to win. I thought Philadelphia was terrible, too. It was an awful hockey game. Um, and the Blue Jackets just looked sleepy. They looked lost. They looked, I don't know, what Allison, what's the best way to to say it? Disorganized, discombobulated, separate from yes. their identity. What's going on here? The, the shame is Corpusalo, I thought, looked quite strong, particularly in the first 40. At times, yeah. Yeah, yeah but what a mess of a game. 7-4 uh, to 
four was the final? Correct. Flyers going away. Blue Jackets get the Edmonton Oilers uh, Wednesday in Nationwide Arena. This will be the Oilers' third game in four days on the road, so perhaps Columbus has a bit of an advantage there. Uh, Let's get to some injury news first, Allison, if we can. Defenseman Ryan Murray. My God, the injury luck that this guy does not have. Exactly. Uh, Broken hand out three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the second broken hand the young man has suffered, in addition to some knee and back and and, and other injuries. Um, we looked this up. It was said that he broke it blocking a shot. Allison, you looked at the three block shots in the Flyers game. Nothing there? Nothing that I could see, but you made the great point, Porty, when we were looking at those clips. You said, you know, <laughs> that that means that every single shot he blocked was marked as such. Yes. Um, and we did not rewatch the entire game. Now, if it was something else, I mean, I am nowhere near even close to a hundredth of an NHL player, but I did break my hand in a hockey game in a scrum going up against the boards. So... Perhaps it's something like that that maybe just didn't get captured. Yeah, I don't know. I was told that it that it did happen by somebody else that it did happen in a scrum, but yeah. I don't remember many scrums in in that game uh, Saturday. So who knows? He could have been struck by a puck and not have been credited with a block. Who knows? Anyways, Ryan Murray is out for probably close to a month again. Uh, another injury: rookie Alexander Texier uh, knee injury. And boy, did that look bad when mm-hmm. it when it first happened under the weight of Chris Stewart, who is not a small person. Uh, so Texier is out two to four weeks. Woof! Um, I you know I, John Twitterella said it yesterday. Maybe he can use the rest. That's a bit of a, a, a humorous way of looking at it, I suppose. But I do think the kid was starting to look like it was overwhelming for him, or like he was getting he didn't look dynamic anymore. It looked like he was getting tired. Yeah, yeah, I do. Absolutely. And, you know, there's there's a cliche that sometimes it helps to watch the game from upstairs. And, you know, he came in in such a blazing fast speed last season and jumps right into his first full NHL season. You certainly don't want to see the guy injured. I think he's a talent that can help them on the ice. But this may this may help him to just maybe reset, get some some different perspective on how to play the game at this level constantly through 82 games or however many it'll be this year. Yeah, just take a breather. Yeah. It was getting a little heavy for him, it felt like. Totally. Uh, some really interesting things occurred in that game, and, and uh, we'll have a story posted later today on this one. But Eunice Corposalo, it looked like he was uh, in shootout practice, <laughs> or like he, he was end of a end of a um, off-day practice with how many breakaways the Flyers had. And some of them, three of them, I think, were shorthanded. Other ones were just you know, defensive uh, brain cramps. This team is supposed to be priding itself on a lack of breakaways. And Corpusalo seemed like he was facing them all night against the Flyers. Uh, the last one, Kevin Hayes scores off of his own rebound. And Corpusalo gets up, turns around, and just goes water cooler on the, <laughs> on the, uh, the net behind him with his stick. There's so many different facets to this, but Allison, not a good look. The passion's great. It can't reveal itself that way. Yeah, and, and, and you had something on this yesterday, too. I think that 
you're exactly right. I, I like the passion. I like the commitment. I think the frustration was real, given that he was probably the player keeping it, keeping that team in the game, uh, more so than the team in front of him that night. But yeah, Nick Foligno said to you, you know that that gives your opponent an edge. They know they've gotten to you, and yeah. you just can't do that now. I like what Torch shared with us. Also, however, that. Even before anyone had to say anything, it sounds like Corpusalo took the onus upon himself to to fix whatever he had quote unquote broken in terms of impact on his team. Yeah, beyond his stick, you mean? <laughs> well, the stick didn't break. That's almost the saddest Which is part. Amazing, right? <laughs> Just amazing because it took a beating. It did. It took a beating. Now, here's the problem with something like that: is it seems to me just from talk, I talked to Seth Jones, Gustav Nyquist, and Felino about this yesterday. None of them thought that that was Corpusalo showing up his teammates or enraged at them. Uh, and Corpusalo himself said it wasn't that. He was mad at himself. Mm-hmm. But when you watch that at home and you see breakaway after breakaway after breakaway, that's the impression you're left with, which is one of the main reasons coaches don't like that to see that because it looks like you're showing up your teammates. It looks like you're pissed off at them. And that's the sort of you're leaving it up to viewers and the rest of the NHL loving world to interpret what you did. And they're almost always going to assume the, that you're pissed off at your teammates and that there's that there's division in the ranks. And that that's the dangerous part of something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for, for me, I, I and maybe I've just watched too much hockey from from the perspective that, that we are asked to watch it from. I took it as frustration in in himself, um, but I think that your point is very valid. I think that we've part of the problem too is sometimes you do hear that those emotions that you just described of interplayer friction can be real, right? And so it's easy to sure. connect those dots. I, like I said, I I did take it more as a frustration at the game and not at his teammates, and I think that. To the point of the teammates breaking down, watching it from my perspective, they did. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, there's oh for sure. There's there's some of that to say. Well, you know, um, but I, I overall, I think for the reasons we're talking about right now, you, you just can't you just can't show that. And I think it was it was inter- entertaining to me that in this discussion with Torts yesterday, he acknowledged he knows how to address this with Corpusalo because he he's done it himself um, yeah. and, and not managing those emotions properly against opponents or in a game situation. So if, if you have anyone who's going to identify with you and tell you to stop, he's your right. guy. Right. Um, it, this will be in the story uh, that should pop up uh, today on the website. This is hilarious to me. Corpusalo at first texted his teammates from the to room to say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done that because he he couldn't get everybody together. Everybody's going 400 miles an hour after the end of a road game to get their shit ready to go. So he sends... That's amazing. <laughs> he, sends, he sends a text to everybody. And then they get on the plane, and he walks to the middle of the plane. Now, you know, Allison, because we've talked this, to him about this. The, he hates winning the kepi, the, the, yes. the hat that they pass out after a game to the guy who performed the best in the eyes of the player. He hates winning that because he hates having to give a speech. So he can play goalie in front of 18,000 people in the arena and scores of thousands more watching from home. But stepping, and many people have this, 
stepping before his teammates, the people who probably know him best in this world, and sharing his thoughts about it, the game that just happened is really daunting for him. So this same kid walks to the middle of the plane, to the area where the players sit. So there's coaches, there's media, and then there's the players are about a third of the way back and, and or maybe halfway back now because yeah. they bring more staff. And he says to the guys, I'm, look, I'm sorry, that can't happen. It won't happen again. So he apologizes to them on the plane. And then moments later, <laughs> Tortorella says, <laughs> uh, Corpy, can we talk? And it's like a kid being called to the principal's office. Sure. He knows exactly what he does. like, oh, boy. Um, and I'd love to hear that conversation because I don't think it was Torts reaming him. No. I think it was Torts saying, kid, I, I've been where you are well into my 50s, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. But that can't happen on the ice and it won't happen again because he'll – he essentially told him if that happens again, he's going to pull him. Yeah. So – Aaron, did I tell you last night I was working on an article for this week and it was like late at night. I got so hungry. So do you know what I did? I ended up using DoorDash. Have you heard of DoorDash? I have. It is a wonderful app. You can go online. You can find local restaurants. You can order online. They bring it right to you. And not only are my favorite restaurants already on DoorDash, there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities. So you or any of our listeners might find a new favorite too. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, you can order from your local go-tos or eat at whatever is best for you. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code FRONT, as in front and nationwide, FRONT, F-R-O-N-T. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code front don't forget promo code front for five dollars off your first order from doordash um anyways thought you you know Eunice corpusella and how he's wired can you imagine either of those conversations i mean it's it i'm laughing but you know what props to him because that had to be really really hard not just because he hates doing that but given the loss that that team was just coming off of as a group. Um, Kudos to him for doing that. And I I think that I I don't want to sugarcoat this. The way the team played was not good. But this is a real comment. We've talked about this a couple times now on this group buying in to to what it is they have to be and that they have to do it together. I don't know that that always happens. Maybe that quickly after – a performance like that and and maybe not with different players and I'm not thinking of anyone specifically but I'm just saying I think that that's a really interesting and cool kind of comment on where the culture of this group is at least right now in the season yeah and, and they they cannot I mean they can't play like that I say that in one breath and then in the other thought Allison is that if they're going to play the way that they want to play which requires so much juice and jam every night especially today's NHL. It's really hard to be the faster, more aggressive team every night. Mm -hmm. I feel like over the course of an 82-game season, you're probably going to have somewhere between six or eight of those games where it just, it's not there. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong? No, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think it's the nature of the beast. I think it's human nature. And, and, Torts even said to us, if, he, if there's one of those every 11 or so games, he'll be thrilled. 
Yeah, think about that. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, it is the ebb and flow. We can think back to games last season, and, and this was a little bit of a different context, but think about that sleepy matinee performance by the Blue Jackets at home against Edmonton. Oh. What was that? Yes. You know? Yeah, it, I was in Key West. It was a wonderful yeah, experience. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. But that game, my God, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it yeah. happens, but I think that... It does. You know, and it, it's an interesting... It's interesting that right now, Torts says, if I get one of those every 10 or 11 games, I'll be happy. Yeah. Is he going to continue to be happy if it happens at that pace? Right? Yeah. No. It's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I've always said this, too. This is a bit of an odd thought, but a baseball team, Major League Baseball, plays 162 games. I'm going to look here real quick on my alternate screen because I've sort of Ooh. lost touch with that game, that sport. Um but the point is they play 162 games. And so over the course of the season, if the best team in the league, which this year was the Houston Astros, if they lost a game to the Miami Marlins, not a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Come back the next day. You play another game. In the NFL, they play 16 games. Or right. college football, whatever, in the minor leagues, they play 11 or 12 games. So each game carries weight. But hockey should be somewhere in between the two. Right. In other words, stuff happens in games. There are games where I know this is hard for some people to get their arms around too, but you can play better than the team that won. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different factors, weird bounces of the puck. But a game in the NHL, for some people, carries as much weight as a game in the NFL. Right. Or in college football. And so you get situations where the Blue Jackets go 4-0-2 in their previous six, and then they lose a stinker, and people are wanting heads to roll. Right. They want changes to happen. <laughs> right. These next three days at practice better be just murder for the players. They should bench this guy, right? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, right. there's a flow to this where you don't want to say that games don't matter, but there's a flukiness to the games where, and I've I've said this <laughs> for years too. You're going to win 15, you're going to lose 15. That's everybody, right? And in baseball, they say you're going to win 40, you're going to lose 40. It doesn't matter what you do. In hockey, it's probably 15, maybe it's 20. It's what you do with the other 42 games if it's 20 that determines great teams, bad teams. Um, so there are probably 20 games a year that you're going to lose no matter what you do. Right. And one of those was for the Blue Jackets was Saturday against the Flyers, and they were awful, and they deserved it. So there's that. Within that game, and I'm going on here, the Blue Jackets' power play was awful. Nothing new there. Beyond it just being awful as a power play, it was a it was an igniter for the Flyers in the number of of breakdowns, forgetting guys coming out of the penalty box. Allison, how do you forget a guy coming out of the penalty box? <laughs> it was two minutes ago. Right. Uh, the soft pass from Cam Atkinson, who goes from the first yes. unit to the second unit and now commits just an egregious turnover on the second unit that springs. I think that was Hayes, was it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and boom, it's fire Brad Larson. The fire Brad Larson brigade comes out. Um, let me say this. If the Cleveland Browns offense were horse bleep, I can say horse shit. If you it can. were horse shit, 
people would be calling for the offensive coordinator to be fired. In fact, the Browns are playing like horseshit. The people want Freddie Kitchens fired. I get it. It's pro sports. The Blue Jackets deserve to be held to that same standard. But that game, when I watched that game, I didn't think they lost tonight because the power play was terrible. That was only part of the only part of the the problem. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I absolutely. I mean, it was the power play wasn't going to fix everything else that was going on and and to your point of perspective and it's hard like you said I get it I get and the passion is good without the passion a team doesn't have fans a team doesn't have support right but it's it's they had what five power plays so that's 10 minutes now that is a lot of time but there's 50 minutes to rectify that and those other 50 minutes weren't great (laughs) so you you know and and the the flip of it too is that to your point and I think that what's important to understand, too, is, in my opinion, the perspective you just described of, of some games you're just going to lose, some t- these are the games that matter, some games you're going to win even if you don't deserve to win. If you lose 7-4, if you lose 5-4, it's still one game, two standing points. The margin of yeah. loss doesn't impact how you fall in the standings, unless there's a tiebreaker, because someone's going to say that to me, I know. But a loss is a loss. And, and that is why if you're, if you're doing this for a living as the athlete or the coach, you have to be willing to compartmentalize that appropriately and not let one bad game derail the entire season either. Yeah. And, and it can't – who, who is this team? The 4-0-2 team? Right. Or the 0-1 team? And the 4-0-2 I mean, think... team still had a crappy power play, right? So Yeah, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> So let's let's get in on this a little bit, um, and I think yeah, I always have to be careful with this because you can look at the Twitter sphere, which we are forced to by the jobs we have, and assume that that is representative of the world. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't say this to be mean, but I think if you walked up to most Blue Jackets fans in Nationwide Arena and said, "Name the assistant coaches," I'm not sure they could, and that, that's not a shot on them or the assistant coaches. It just it just tells me there are certain people on the twitter.com that are that have latched on to the Brad Lar- fire Brad Larson is the answer to almost everything again power play garbage but in speaking to John Tortorelli yesterday giving him a chance to to defend his guy cuz he is ultimately the coach that has kept uh, Brad Larson around as an assistant coach that he thinks does a hell of a job. Defend him. Why do you keep him here? Speak to the people who want him gone and tell them why he's still here. Uh, and I thought he handled it well. Now, part of that in there was Tort saying, I, I, I should probably get this 150% <laughs> correct because it is it tends to be in incendiary to some and i'm sure the blue jackets organization when seeing the words by themselves were not uh delighted by it in fact i know they weren't um i'm calling this up now but it it's um he says i don't read social media but i hear it shut up because he's a good coach and the players like playing for him i think he's thorough i think he's a really good coach and I really don't give a shit about what fans think. But it's kind of gotten to me a little bit on this guy here. He's an important guy to this coaching staff, and it gets old for me. Now, 
I suppose we should get the word from the horse's mouth himself, but knowing the man, the bit that we do, he does give a shit about what fans think. Yeah. I don't think he gives a shit about what fans who think Brad Larson should always be fired think about Brad Larson being fired. I think he's done hearing that. And what's interesting to me, I'd love to know how this gets to him, because I really (laughs) don't think he fires up the Twitter. Um, I don't know what he's reading or how it gets to him, but he knows it's out there. And I think he wanted to address it. Yeah. Um, But, you know, he goes, this could be one of his little corpy moments, too, where he maybe went a little bit too far. Thoughts? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's hard because... If it listen, if some if a boss thinks his employee is not doing a good job, the boss is going to either reprimand that person or get rid of that person. So obviously, John Tortorella does not think Brad Larson is doing a bad job. I, I don't think this is a case of I'm covering for a guy who I think is terrible and he's just sticking around, right? So, right. I mean, this applies to anyone in any business field, in theory. And I th- I do think it's hard. I think that it is hard to tease out the issues here because a coach cannot make a player go out and shoot when they're supposed to shoot. A coach cannot make a player pass more quickly. A coach can't make sure that when a pass comes across the ice that the puck is settled so a player can take a one-time shot on it. Right. A coach can get the group of players ready to go to face the penalty kill they're going to face. A coach can get a group motivated and focused on what they need to do. It's And at the end of the day, the buck stops with coach and coaches, including John Tortorella, as he said. So, I, you know, I, the, the short version of the story is that John Tortorella believes in his coach. He doesn't believe his coach is totally at fault for the power play. He does believe the power play sucks. <laughs> yes. um, and, and I, you know, I've, I've kind of pondered this because... I think that there can be blame to go all around, and I think that the answer isn't simple. You know, it's I got it on on Saturday for for I mean, what they have tried almost every possible personnel co- combination on the ice. Right. They've they've they have tried a bunch of different stuff. I I, I don't know what the answer is, and and if if we are to say that we think these coaches aren't trying everything, I think that's short sighted of all of us. I think they are. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. Well, I, I I think the answer is overly simple, to be honest with you. It is on the players. Mm-hmm. You can't tell somebody how to go make their art. True. But that's what the power play is. The power play is the, the coach sets you up and says, here's what the team we're playing tonight or tomorrow night, whatever. This is what they do on the penalty kill. Here's where you can make some hay. But if you've got the puck on your stick and you are a creative, inventive offensive player in the National Hockey League, that's where you take over. So he builds you the framework and says, this is what they're going to do. Here's the space you're going to have. If you're this role on the power play, they sag and they take away this. But they're probably going to come after you in this situation, which could open up this. Now go create. And I, I look at this Blue Jackets team. I think we've talked about this before. I look at them as they can sit down and they can play sheet music on the piano all day. Mm hmm but they can't make music. They can hit the notes, but they're not making music. They're not, they're not free with themselves to just let loose and be expressive and be artists. So they're like programmable little bots. Right. I'm in point A and I pass to point B. Now it's off my stick and I can't screw this thing up. <laughs> right. And now it's to point B. 
And now point B has two options, and he's going to try to get rid of it and not screw this up. But you don't see any, you don't see them being like really creative and dangerous. And now it's gotten to the point where they're, I'm sure, gun shy. Yeah. Because when they try to do a little something edgy, it ends up going the other direction. And so we're right back into the same loop they're in. This is why Texier and Bemstrom run the power play early in the season. Because it's like, please, God, bring some artistry to this. Bring right. some creativity. Express yourself. Sam Gagne came in. Sam Gagne, can, he's a wonderful person. He can barely play in the NHL anymore. But he, he would go out on the power play and, like, have some fun with it. Be yeah. creative. Um, they're not going to do the the point A to point B. They're going to do this instead, and maybe this will break things down. They're just not dangerous enough. I don't think they have the offensive confidence enough on the power play to really to really break down the penalty kill. Thoughts? No, I agree. And you know, it's it's. So I've seen some people say, you know, oh, well, it's because they don't have the talent. I mean, Artemi Panarin was on the power play for two years, and it wasn't great. No, <laughs> you know, it's, not at all. I, I think that you're spot on. I, I think that this is an art, and John Tortorella is notorious for saying he wants his players to play with offensive freedom. This isn't an over-architected power play. Right. It's get in position and do your thing. Um, and, and their position is one that, the majority of NHL teams are using their formation, I should say. Yeah. There's work. And I'm not saying this is easy either. If I had not been doing something well for a long time to get the confidence to say, just go out there and, you know, F it and just try crazy stuff, that would be right. hard. But yeah, they've got to find a way to get, to just be within themselves again. Yeah. And it can't just be one guy who's like willing to wheel and deal. It's got to be the whole gang. Correct. Because they, they, they need each other on this one. Um, so look, I, look, Brad Larson deserves as much criticism as anybody. The coaching staff deserves criticism. The players deserve criticism. It's the pros, this is the big boy stuff. But it, it, sometimes it just gets a little weird with how, you know, I mean, if they go zero for one on the power play Wednesday, right? Zero for one, they could have nine chances and go zero for one, and again it'll again it'll start. But that's where we're at. Um, anything else we need to get to, Allison? I think we have covered it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll be back with you on Friday and lots of good content and copy up on the website. And we'll talk to you in a couple days. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.